Well, hello there and welcome to the Messy Middle podcast. Here you will find a collection of interviews of creative and ambitious mums who entrepreneur, who are rising through their messy middle in life and business. Brought to you by Emma Firenza, the founder of Mums Who Entrepreneur. Let's dive into our next interview. Well, a huge warm welcome to you, Angela, to the Messy Middle podcast. I must admit, I'm super excited to talk to you about your international and domestic career in copywriting because I think it's a really important um, industry and business going forward, and especially uh, for us mums who are entrepreneurs that are trying to piece this copywriting puzzle together. I know that it's been a huge challenge in my business to um, start talking you know, in the language of my of my audience and my perfect target audience. And, and so I've got lots of questions for you around that. And then, of course, um, you know, what's happening in the world right now and the changes going forward with our businesses. So I know you're going to be able to give our audience some incredible value around that. So before I um, start asking you a million questions, I would love for you to introduce yourself and give us your bio and share a little bit about your business and journey. Sure. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you for having me. It's great to be talking to you and to your listeners today. And, you know, we're obviously recording this at a very strange time where the coronavirus has has changed a lot of how we work and how we communicate. So uh, I think it's great to be able to talk about, I guess, my career change and my journey to get here because I think more than ever, we're, we're all looking at how we operate and how we operate online and obviously copywriting and how we communicate and communicate clearly is, is a huge topic and is going to become increasingly important. So I haven't always been a copywriter. I spent 15 years as a diplomat. I worked uh, obviously in Australia, but also had postings in China and in Vietnam. And about six years ago, as we were wrapping up our posting in Hanoi, my boys were uh, three and a half and five and a half. We decided that it was uh, time for a change after 15 years. And I took the leap and took a redundancy and we decided to move to South Australia. So we were both from the East Coast originally. We moved here, my husband had worked in the wine industry, and so it was a chance for a career change and a lifestyle change. And I spent probably then the next five years working out what next. And so, uh, like a lot of mums, uh, I went straight back to work when my children were babies. My youngest was four and a half months old when I started my posting overseas. So. I had always worked and always thought that I would work. And then as they got a bit old, I realized that I wanted flexibility, not just as a mum, but also just as a person to be able to contribute to my community and to do some other things. So I started looking at other opportunities. And so I ran a consultancy working around free trade agreements. And then I wrapped that up when I knew it wasn't the right thing for me. And then in, I also worked for a winemaker, which I describe as everything but winemaking. So I was sending freight, I was writing tasting notes, I was writing website copy, I was talking to distributors. A couple of times a year, I would go and sell wine to consumers. 
And it was a really great job to get us an insight into small business because that coming from a government background was, was very new to me. And about two and a half years, someone introduced me to copywriting. I'd been blogging and feature writing and uh, I did some of that and, but still sat on the edges. I, I like a lot of people, I think I discounted the skills that I had from a job that was a very specific diplomatic role and, and wasn't quite sure where to go with it. But about 12 months ago, I'd started to build up some clients. I was working on a big government project and I took the leap to become a full-time solo copywriter. So right now I write for, I write website copy, I write press releases, product descriptions, uh, video scripts, just about anything that needs to be written. And from a range of uh, big government projects where I'm usually part of a, a bigger team to locally owned uh, wineries who need a website written and I write their, all their website content. So it's been a quite drawn out career change, uh, <laughs> but one that's been, been really interesting for me uh, to be able to also fit in all the other things that I, I do as well as as working and, and being a mum. Yeah, very, very amazing. Amazing um, background and I love hearing people's journeys on where they've started out, doesn't necessarily end up where they are at the current time. And like you said, you've got to work out what your strengths are and really tap into those. And yeah, and you know, if you're doing something that you love every single day, it's not a job to, you know, it's not a chore or a job to show up and do. It just becomes part of you. It's, it's your unique gift that you're sharing with the world. So yeah, I'm, I think that's awesome. I think that's I think that's really true and I think something that I know we're going to see a lot more of it I guess in the coming months and years as people are perhaps forced into a career change and I think often people are sort of stuck in well this is the job that I do or this is the industry I work in and it really isn't about that and I wish I'd you know when I left I knew I wanted to change careers but I didn't I knew I wanted to work differently and I think that's a lot particularly parents and particularly the older we get and we see what working life is really about it's mm. not necessarily a case of what we're doing but it's how we're doing it and I really didn't understand um, perhaps how to translate the skills that I had into a into a job and certainly when I started at foreign affairs and trade 20 odd years ago, the idea of being a, a solo copywriter, working from home, doing video conferences, having clients overseas would just not have even been on my radar. It was probably, you know, it was almost a job that didn't really exist. So I think that's, that's the other thing. It really is, as you say, tapping into those skills, tapping into the things you enjoy and, and kind of trying things out as you go. I'm a big believer in, you know, nothing really is a failure if you actually learn from it. So yeah, um, I think that's where a lot of people get stuck in things that they don't really love doing because, you know, it, it is a big change. And I think now there's so many opportunities. I think sometimes um, motherhood and parenthood can be a great time to, to try things on the side and, and start to look at it, but really to be really confident that whatever you've been doing in the past, you know, I, I don't think you can ever come out of something and have no skills whatsoever that are, are useful to translate. And I think the jobs you've done 
and the things you enjoy doing it is a really good sign of the things that you should be doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the reverse of that, if you're doing a mundane job that is just eating your soul up, why are you doing it? Exactly. <laughs> you don't well, take the leap of faith. And yes, it's hard. It's not easy. Um, but, you know, I see so much positive or I'm trying to see so much positive in this huge change that's happened overnight for many families. Um, you know, we're just chatting very briefly before we started recording our podcast session. And, you know, I am from a privileged um, situation where we ha I have been building a business online and I've got a few runs on the board and I've got my business structure set up and it's all about just, you know, knuckling down and really getting the message out there and focusing on marketing and, and putting myself out there and trying to help as many mums who entrepreneur as possible. Um, but a lot of people are just, you know, the positive side of maybe losing a job that has been soulless for you. You know, now is the time to shine. If you're listening to this podcast and you hear that message, you know, tap into your gifts and put them out there in the world. Yes, it'll be scary. Lots of fear, right? <laughs> um, but it's okay. Just be, don't be afraid to fail. Just keep moving forward. And if it doesn't work out, pivot, try something else. I think that's such, a, such an important message. And I think now more than ever, you know, I think the thing that I've, I've really learned, I was very lucky to grow up with a dad who had some career changes and quite significant career changes later in his life and so I, I guess I always knew that you didn't just have to make career changes in your 20s and 30s and so I was 40 as I was making my big career change and really leaving a career that was very much you know defined who I was a diplomat was a sort of you know it's a bit of cachet about it and there was a bit of prestige to it but for a lot of the time, it was just an office job. And, you know, there were moments, you know, you said, am I eating away at my soul? I mean, there were so many things that I didn't enjoy and things that I was doing that I'd done in my job 10 years before. And for me, a real catalyst was hearing my boss at the time when I complained about that. He said, well, I'm doing things I did 30 years ago on my first posting overseas. And it really hit home that I didn't want to be at home, you know, crafting with my kids, although now apparently this week I'm going to get really good at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I knew I didn't want to miss everything and I didn't want to have someone else telling me uh, what I couldn't, couldn't, could and couldn't miss of my kids' life going forward. So that was for me the big thing was to take back that control and that flexibility and, and that decision-making process to decide that when something wasn't right, I couldn't change it. And as you say, it's really scary to make that change. But I think once you start to make those changes, they become easier. So when I, you know, I started my first business, I really didn't plan to. I was studying to do something else after my big career change. And this business idea came along and I thought, well, you know, I've left my big career anyway. What have I got to lose? And I could have spent two years researching, but instead I decided I'd give it a go. And so when two years later, it wasn't the right thing and it wasn't going where I wanted it to go, I was able to, to let it go very easily, move on, keep working. And luckily I did have another job. And then when another opportunity came along, 
I was, I was ready to take that again. So that's the only thing I'd say is I think sometimes you have to take opportunities, even they mightn't be, they're, they're sort of almost stepping stones. It mightn't even seem like something you've considered before. Um, but I think particularly now people are, you know, and we're going to see people forced into trying out new industries, trying new ways of doing things, um, even watching big companies struggle at the moment with the idea that you can video conference, that your staff could work from home, whereas a lot of us who spend our time working online uh, mm -hmm. and working with, you know, I work in a team which unfortunately because of this coronavirus is on hold, but I work in a team with an Italian, with people in based in Italy working with Italian tourism, but we're in the US, we're in South Korea, we're in Australia, we're in Italy, and we all work together. And it's amazing what technology allows. And that's really normal for those of us who are, I guess, entrepreneurs and soloists. It's just how we work. So, you know, we've, we've almost got to set an example and show others uh, the way forward of how, you know, how you yeah. can make those changes, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Great messages there about being resilient and being open to opportunities. You know, the universe is always listening. We've just got to um, hear a little bit better <laughs> the answers. And, um, and on, the, on, the, um, on the subject of technology and, you know, the changes in the workforce and, and all of that, yes, there's been lots of changes. And as I discussed before our recording, um, my internet is lagging today. So we've all got to be very patient and, you know, be okay that things will progress and change. And they've had to make lots of changes in lots of different, in different industries overnight and we will get there. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's an unknown future, but we can look at it in a positive or negative light. And I, I choose to look at it as a positive and, um, yeah, and so I think we can just band together as mums who are entrepreneur and know that we've we've got each other here and we'll we'll continue to rise our great energy and do what we can in the world. So okay, Angela, let's get to the nitty-gritty of copywriting. <laughs> okay. Sure. What can I what would you like to know? Right. I guess a starting point is maybe explaining to our audience, especially for those new business owners or thinking about starting a new business, what actually is copywriting and how can it really effectively change um, uh, the process of business, whether it be launching a new website or you know, starting out writing blogs? Um, yeah, let's start with that. Okay, so I guess when, you know, when we think about copywriting generally, I mean, if you go back to it, the copywriter back in the old days of advertising was, was probably the person coming up with those great one-line, you know, catchy, uh, catchy phrases, some of which we, you know, things like Coke is it, that are such, you know, well-known brand phrases now. These days, it's a bit broader than that. So for me, I really like, I much prefer writing longer form copy. So I like writing. So it's anything from writing for websites. So it's all the content on your website. Um, I'm also trained in search engine optimization, which is basically getting Google, getting your website found by Google. It's the organic results. So this isn't paid ads or anything like this. This is all the things that you can write and how you can optimize your website. So it gets found by Google, but more importantly, that it's great content for your readers and your ideal readers and you're, you're answering their questions. So there's all sorts of 
parts of the website, obviously. So anything from a blog post to an about page, great product descriptions. The more and more we're shopping online, I think we're becoming uh, probably more uh, engaged and interested and want to see when we're shopping for a product, we want to know all about it and we want to find it in the right spot. Um, we want to make sure our websites are really well laid out. We, you know, the more websites we use, I think we all know that there's, a, there's some great ways that websites are set out and content is set out. I'm also a really big believer in plain English speaking. I think uh, the days of being able to write long, wordy, um, and probably I have to admit in my government days, we did write long, wordy paragraphs. But now we're writing, we're reading so much of our website content on our mobile phones. Mm. So where is a paragraph on an old website, if we're looking at it on our big computers or even our laptops, might be fine. If you have to then look at that on your mobile phone, it's, it's too long. So really looking at how we convey that meaning and we use our words and we use whether it's bullet points, but much shorter, punchier sentences. So that applies not just to website content, but anything else we write. I also write uh, press releases. So I am a board member of our local community foundation. So as part of that, I write all of our press releases, which for our local paper generally are, are used in full as almost a, a feature article. So it could be those sorts of things. Things like video scripts uh, are becoming more and more important. Businesses are realising that video is where it's at and it's a great way to communicate uh, with, with their customers. I think the other one that's really interesting at the moment and something I've taken um, a little bit of a focus on this year is, is email because I think we're, we're all very focused on social media. It's really valuable. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Instagram. I'm a big fan of Facebook. I think, you know, groups like yours, Emma, are so valuable. I think, you know, we've probably all changed the way we use things like Facebook and now it's more about that interaction in groups. But at the same time, email is, is really valuable because that's your list. They're your customers and your clients and you own that list and you can communicate directly with them. So... I think now, you know, people are starting to realise while it's great to have a social media presence from a brand perspective, um, my favourite description is, you know, that's, that's your door to your business and your website really is your house and your email list is, you know, it's almost the key really. It's, it's what you need to build up. And so I'm really interested in writing email. I love writing email sequences and working out how you get people to your website, how you engage them to sign up, and then how you communicate with them. Um, because email is still a really, really valuable marketing tool. Um, people, the open rates are still really good. I think for a while there, people probably dropped off and thought, well, I've got social media, I'm talking to my people and whatever. But really that engagement and that deep engagement really happens often with emails. So that's, that's another way. So really, you know, it's any content that you're writing. It might be a newsletter. It could be a flyer for a small local business. You know, it might be a case of a flyer that communicates your services that you can leave at the local supermarket or shopping centre or at the school. So, you know, I think copy is really, really valuable for 
everyone. Uh, I think the days of just typing something out and hoping it was enough, you know, I think if you've got a website, you really have to know, you know, have some of that, that search engine optimization. But I think there's some easy, there's lots of great tools and tips that mean you don't necessarily have to always have a copywriter. And sometimes I get starting out, you might just want to, you might be in a position to just write it for yourself. So, you know, there's lots of great tools and tricks. I wrote a, a blog post recently with sort of five tools that people can use to make sure that their, their copy is, is clear and concise. Um, we all make typos. I still admit that when I don't use a proofreader, I've published things with typos. It's why sometimes if you can get a copywriter, maybe it's just to get someone in to proofread and to give yeah. it a final look. If you can't, you know, I get when we're starting out, it's a big expense. So, you know, it's, it's all about that communication and it's not necessarily set in stone. That's the other thing I like to tell people, you know, just because you've had your website written, it doesn't have to stay. You can, you can change it again. And I really encourage people to know how, their website works and how they can change it and update it so that they're not stuck with copy that maybe isn't serving them as their business, particularly in those early days where you're evolving really quickly. Um, yeah. You need to be perhaps updating and changing your messaging. Yeah, absolutely. Great message there. I love, you know, progress over perfection is something that we teach at Mums Who Entrepreneur. And yeah, don't let it hold you back um, thinking that you have to outsource, you know, every part of your business, something is better than nothing and done is better than not doing. Exactly. And I mean, get that website up. And even if it's only a page or two pages, yes. get something up, get it started. So for example, I'm working with a friend at the moment who's transitioning from having been a teacher into a new business. She may well go back to teaching at the end of the year. So for her, spending money on having someone build a website and have the copy written really doesn't serve her at the moment. She just needs to get that presence up there. So we've been working together. She's been building it herself um, in a particular platform, not the platform I would normally use, but that's fine. We're getting it up there. We're getting her present and she's getting a feel for as well. And the other thing I say as a copywriter is I really want people to appreciate just how difficult it is to write really good copy and sometimes to write about yourself is so hard because we're so hard on ourselves when we're describing what we've done and who we are. So use it for those things. If you need to get a copywriter in early on, sometimes it might just be for those bits that are really tricky to write. So, you know, I've written people's about pages because they're hard to write for yourself. It's hard to talk about yourself and not downplay things too much or feel that you're over overdoing yeah. it so I think you know it's getting a balance and then once you're established then if it's something that you feel that your time is better spent doing your marketing or actually working with your clients then outsource to a copywriter I think that's what's really valuable yeah, I love that you mentioned about that about page because this is a bit of a funny story. My friend built my website um, for a previous business and I remember when I was giving her the content, I was like, oh, I don't really need an about page. We'll just leave that out. <laughs> she said to me, no, you realise that that's probably the most important page. People need to know you're the face and the brand 
you know, we've got to put something out here. And it took me so long. Um, and, you know, all I had to do was piece a few words together and she made it brilliant because she's fantastic with copy. But um, it, it's so important to use the resources that you have within your community as well. There might be someone that you know that could maybe piece some things together about you instead of holding it off. And I, I, I am such a big believer in your business will grow. Just have belief in that, that it will. And you will be able to afford those things that will up level your business and tenfold the, the results like bringing a copywriter in. And I can't wait to do that in Mums Who Entrepreneur. I've got, you know, my goals up and I've got, you know, where, where I want to be at and what I want my website to look like is definitely not what it is right now. And so it will happen. And yeah, so I just think that's a really good message to share. Uh, I will definitely grab the link from you to share in our notes of the podcast episode, your five tools that... Um, definitely. Yeah. I'd love to share them because I think they're really, and they're valuable, not just for writing your website copy, but you know, there's some tools in there for things like emails. And I even have one of the tools that's set up for my faith. If I'm writing a post on Facebook, it will come up and make sure that my you know, my spelling and my grammar are there because I think we so often are typing on our phones or we're typing really quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, just, it's just something extra to, to help you and to think. And I've certainly even found in the last 12 months that how I write, um, the more, you know, I'm communicating with different people uh, and different and having to communicate to different audiences, those tools just make things um, so much easier. And as a copywriter, um, when you're writing, so when you're putting together some, you know, copy for a website for someone, or maybe you're doing, you know, the whole process of a website, how important is it for the business owner to give you the avatar so that you can talk in their language? Is that a really, is that something that you request? Um, or yeah, give me some advice around that. Look, I think, and the more I do, and the more of these projects, so the first couple of projects that I was working on, I was working as part of a team. And so a lot of that briefing had already been done and was already there. And I've recently worked on a big website project where it's been a longer process because what we probably didn't do enough of at the beginning is really sit down and nut out things like, as you say, the avatar, but also really get clear on the tone of voice. So if I'm doing a new website project now, one of the things I like to do first is a really detailed tone of voice project. And asking, and a lot of that is just asking lots of questions. So I think the other thing for people to realise when you're getting a copywriter involved is it's not just a case of saying, you know, here's my old website, here's a few things I've written, you go forward and write it. It really, as, as copywriters, we're, we're quite curious and we're quite nosy and we like to ask lots and lots of questions. So obviously the avatar and that ideal client is one of those and really trying to get from you, what's that tone of voice that you're using? How are you speaking to your ideal customer? Because so often we get, you know, we get feedback and I've had colleagues say, you know, I had a feedback, had feedback and they want to be chatty and, and whatever. And they've gone back with that sort of conversational tone and they're like, oh, no, 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 we're a, we're a law firm. We're very professional. We can't speak like that. Mm. Um, and so sometimes it is a case of, of having an understanding what 
what that means. And sometimes the client doesn't know how they want to sound. They don't really know how they want to talk to people. I think people get confused between conversational English, which, you know, doesn't have to be unprofessional, mm. but it's just that more engaging. It's how we would speak to a friend. It's, it's things like talking, you know, using things like on a website, using you instead of saying our company will do something. It's really trying to engage with, with the ideal client. So the more information we get from the client um, throughout the process, and one of the ways we will do that, it's not that, you know, I guess to give people an idea of working with a copywriter, it's lots of questions up front. And then the next step is often um, a really the first draft is often very draft and it's often again lots of questions here's what we've taken from our conversation here's what we've taken from our brief are we on the right track and sometimes what i'll do is i'll write a couple of paragraphs and i'll try and and it's a great way i think because sometimes clients don't really know what they want so when they see that that's when they have that opportunity to say, oh, no, I don't think my ideal client would speak like that. I don't think that was how I wanted to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So it really is about building, you know, just as you're building a relationship with your client, you're building a relationship with your copywriter to have those conversations and, yeah. and really, again, ask, we ask lots of questions. So, you know, if you're working with a copywriter and they get you, ask you to fill in a brief, Put as much down as you can. Even if you think it's really insignificant, it's so valuable because we can do so much research on your competitors, but the more we can understand about you, the easier it makes us to actually, it makes for us to actually, you know, write the content. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, you know, getting those, it, it is difficult, I guess, in a sense, you know, especially starting a new business, um, and you haven't, if you haven't done anything like this before, sitting down and working out how your audience would talk or engage in conversation. But I always think the same, same as kind of what you were just saying there, you just pretend that you're sitting across the, the table with them and having a conversation. So write it all out of your head and then, you know, have your copywriter make it pretty. <laughs> so yeah, and look, and I think that's where, sometimes, and I think that's where there is some value in that starting out point, having a go at doing it yourself, I think is a great way to sort of nut through some of the ideas as well. Mm. And, and again, to realise when you are starting out, what you start out with, and I know some really, really experienced copywriters will be the first to tell you that their initial website or the first website they wrote, whether it was for themselves or a client, is so cringeworthy now and so awful. But I think it's, it's an evolution as well. And so I think when you're starting out, writing your copy is a great way to really get clear on you know, what is my unique selling point? What am I doing here? What is the offer that I've got for my clients? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where, you know, if you can, and if you're at a point where you can engage a copywriter, you're getting, it's, you know, it's more than just someone coming in and writing it. For most of us, we've got an, you know, we've got experience in digital marketing and SEO and branding and all of those sorts of things that it does become someone who you can, you know, I guess, describe your business and communicate and then come up with the words because sometimes it just takes that conversation and that's you know that's really where the value comes into having a copywriter working with you 
um, because I like, so, I mean, most of us could write and we could all write, I mean, most people can write and they can write about their business, but sometimes it's having that external, external voice and someone asking you the questions, well, what exactly do you mean by that? And I think that's what happens. And you can see the websites where the company's just been writing the same thing for so long and they know what they mean by it, but no one else actually does. So, you know, that can be the, the real value um, in it as well. So definitely um, I think it's I think it's I think it's really useful and it gets to a point and then you know it's it's like anything when you're starting out as a as a small business owner working out what you decide to outsource and you know the way I say it, people sometimes think it's really expensive but then you have to look at well what else could I be doing in that time so you know I wouldn't think twice about engaging a plumber or an electrician but oh hang on getting someone to do my my branding or my my copywriting or my bookkeeping seems expensive. And I think that's where you have to work out, well, could I use those hours better actually delivering my service and working with my clients than I could oh, trying to I, w I wish that was, I definitely wish I could go back in time and give myself that advice and just go, <laughs> just trust yourself. You've got this and the, you know, the funds will come because like I said, your business will, if you believe in it and you keep working, it will grow. And, and these things will become, you know, just become the norm. Well, like, absolutely. That's what I should be doing. Like you said, you wouldn't try and fix your sink or yeah. <laughs> you call the plumber in, you call the mechanic in, you call the electrician and, and that's, they're skilled at doing those things. And um, then you can, you know, get on with your day and, and, yeah, absolutely. I see huge value in that. So definitely a um, good thing to sit down and have your business plan and work through that if it's, a, if it's going to be a better choice for you and your business so that it doesn't hold you back, you can move forward, then it's definitely worth looking at those investments initially. Um, and if you can't, obviously, like we've said, there's plenty of resources out there. And you know, even with the current climate with, um, you know, so many new businesses popping up overnight, it is really about collaboration and, you know, maybe some, someone else is better at that particular skill set. And so you can collaborate and do a kind of bit of a swapsies <laughs> for things. I think so. And I think, you know, that's where I also, I'm a really big believer, I think, in the networks that you, that you build as well and finding people, whether it's in your, in your own local area or whether it's within your, you know, your sort of industry that have got those, those skills. And as you say, whether it's a case of being able to swap that, um, or just even, you know, learning from them as well. And I think that's, you know, there is that value in, in having a go at it yourself. I think, you know, like I like to say, I think it gives people appreciation of really what it is they're paying for. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they realise, um, and I've worked with a client recently who started off and went, well, I'm the, I'm the marketing person. Of course I can do this. But on doing a whole new website on top of the work that they were already doing, uh, was so much and there were so many bits of it that they didn't really understand and they didn't have the SEO experience and they really didn't know what they needed to do there. So it made more sense to outsource that. But because they had actually gone through a bit of the process themselves, it meant they were able to sort of set me off with a, a, a better brief. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to it all and I think it's a case of understanding and, and really understanding how much time you've got to then work with because um, that's the biggest thing I'd say. I think, you know, 
engaging a copywriter like a lot of things isn't a case of we'll just give us the work and we'll 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 give you the finished product it does become a collaborative effort and it's usually you know i always include a couple of rounds of drafts because sometimes it will it won't be until you see that work written down it will help you crystallize in your in your mind how you want to talk about your business yeah um, so i think you know it's it's a process and and you and your business has got to be at that at that point where you've got the time to devote to that process as well. So oh, we try okay. as copywriters, we try and make it as easy as possible, but it does mean it does need the client engaged, you know, to ask the, answer those questions and provide that briefing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, Angela, I could literally take up your whole day chatting about this subject and I'm sure that I will keep in touch with my many questions in the future. Definitely. Please do. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you so much for being on our beautiful Messy Middle podcast. And I'm going to ask you a super tricky question because your life is about words, but I love quotes, memes and motivational tiles. Um, they're everywhere in my office and I always ask our beautiful guest on ending up with our podcast is there a quote or something that sort of stands out for you that is really important for you right now or around your business um i guess i've got one at the moment that i think is really important for us to to all remember and i mean i'm, I'm a big believer in in that messy change in backing yourself i think you know i'm a lot of the time now i'm saying career change is inevitable but i think one of the things for us to really keep close to it was something that another copywriter said last year to me in a group where she was reviewing her business was that you have to define your own success it's really networking and being involved in groups like this are so fantastic and they're so valuable be really clear on what you define as success because it's different for everyone and it's, it will be different at different parts of your life. So as long as what you're doing, you know, makes you happy is your version of success, then I think that's the most important thing um, because that. it's all very well to be inspired by others, but we've got to be really careful that we don't, we don't get stuck in comparisonitis. We don't start to feel jealous, but we really have to work out what, what's, what success means to us this week, mm. next month or this year. You know, it's, it, it's always moving. That is such great advice and something that I teach in my mastermind previously was actually drawing out your own success like ladder as a visualization. Like what measuring stick do you have for your success as your business and life and journey will grow and you know just hit those targets don't look at anyone else so i really love i love that quote thank you so much for bringing that into our beautiful podcast interview today and angela like i said i'm super excited to watch your business journey um, continue to unfold in the coming months through this world change and throughout the you know coming years as well and i just want to thank you so much for bringing such great value to our audience today and of course all of the resources um, and contact details for you and your business will be available in the show notes for our audience so thank you so much again thank you emma thank you and i look forward to your questions and of course if any of the listeners have questions or follow up once we share that um, those particular writing tools more than happy for them to get in touch Wonderful. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Emma.
Mums, I really do hope you enjoyed today's guest interview. If you would like to access the show notes for this episode, you will find them at emmafiorenza.com. I also invite you to join our free Facebook group for community and collaboration at Mums Who Entrepreneur. That is all for today and I look forward to sharing with you our next interview with a fellow mum who entrepreneurs where we will be chatting about the messy middle journey in life and business.